So when we look at the situation with the uh, surveillance balloon, as it is called, by the United States Defense Department, and uh, its spokesman today had a uh, press briefing on the uh, balloons and what are flying around. As it gets close to Valentine's Day, you wonder why they're so worried about all this latex flying around the air, huh? Yeah, it could ruin the supplies. But these balloons are nothing new. They're things that actually we in the United States of America, our military, has done for years. In fact, it was back in the 1950s, prior to the U-2 program, that the USA started using these surveillance balloons. Now, obviously, there's a lot of issues when it comes to, you know, overflight of other countries. Uh, the USA follows a policy of open skies to some extent, and in fact has sought that since, uh, um, well, you know, Ike Eisenhower, President Eisenhower, sought that years and years and years ago to be able to allow for countries to be able to overfly other countries and just make sure that there's no threat against them. Unfortunately, not every country seems to agree and things get shot down. Well, that's just what happened with the United States of America. And let's not forget that these overflights, spy planes, spy balloons, uh, observation uh, equipment, satellites, and everything uh, have long been around. The first balloons used for observation in warfare or strategically in battle have dated back to as far as the uh, 1800s when, uh, you know, uh, the French and uh, Prussian armies fighting uh, used balloons to observe on each other. Uh, there were incidents where, in fact, uh, during the independence of Italy, the Venetians uh, were subdued by the Austrians through the use of balloons that were dropping uh, incendiary devices or bombs. In fact, it was one of the first airstrikes in history was, was launched from hot air balloons. And they used these balloons to do that. The Chinese have used a kind of hot air balloon wherein it's a candle on a wax paper design that they would let fly into the air and uh, let it land, though not where. And it often would cause forest fires in some places. But uh, they had these balloons that, that they would uh, launch into the air uh, you know, with messages for the spirits or whatever. And uh, the balloons were designed to burn up in flight so that at a certain point they would catch fire, they would burn up, and the messages would go off into the heavens. Uh, but in reality, a lot of those balloons uh, or those uh, lamps would uh, get released and fall into the bay or fall into the, uh, you know, forest or, or wherever or onto homes in many cases in places like Japan and uh, China. And uh, the practice is frowned upon now, uh, but it still happens every now and then. People launch these uh, these balloons with the little candles. And, uh, well, it, it, it does does have a problem. However, China is best known, for, of course, for its DJI drones. So the technology is there for China to be able to use these balloons and observe different things, different places. And the technology is something that they've been using very clearly. So let's go to a Defense Department briefing by the Undersecretary of Defense. And uh, this is DOD Undersecretary Pat Ryder, uh, who is holding a press uh, briefing. Let me step down here as Secretary. Uh, you know, but he's actually not 
the uh, he's, he's, he's the, the press secretary of the Pentagon, you know, uh, Pentagon spokesman. And this is what he is saying on this particular topic. We're going to put in a little bit from him as he answers questions on the balloon that were addressed to him during the press conference. First is a question from uh, the Associated Press. Let's listen to this. To go back to the balloon, um, does the Pentagon know with certainty now that the balloon actually came from China? Uh, I it was launched from China, and if so, where? And then the DoD has said that there have been at least three other balloon incidents during the previous administration and one other incident during this administration. Can you tell us a little bit about how you were able to discern that these balloons were the same and they were also Chinese spy balloons? Sure. Um, so... Uh, let me address your uh, second questions. Well, your second question first. Uh, so again, um, I'm not able to go into the intelligence. Uh, as you highlight, we are aware that there have been four previous balloons uh, that have gone over uh, U.S. territory. Um, this is what we assess as part of a larger Chinese uh, surveillance balloon program. Um, you've heard us talk in the past about the fact uh, that this is a program that's been uh, operated for several years. Um, what we do know is that uh, in some cases, whereas some of these balloons previously had not been identified, subsequent analysis, subsequent intelligence analysis did enable us to indicate uh, that these were Chinese balloons. In terms of where they're coming from, I can't go into the specific location other than to say China. Uh, and I, the last thing I'll say is that uh, this last week provided the United States with a unique opportunity uh, to learn a lot more about the Chinese surveillance balloon program, all information that will help us to continue to strengthen our ability to track these kinds of objects. Uh, thank you. As you said, uh, as it's part of a wider surveillance program, um, if four previous ones had transited the U.S., have there been others that maybe got near um, international U.S. military installations but didn't actually cross U.S. soil? Yeah, so, so the... Again, for classification reasons, I'm not going to be able to go into a lot of details other than these four uh, are the ones that we assess went over U.S. soil. Uh, and I'm not going to go over specifically what they tracked other than uh, what we've acknowledged publicly, that we know that they were looking to surveil uh, strategic sites uh, to include some of our strategic bases in the continental United States. Uh, and so when you look at the scope of this program, uh, and the fact that we know that these balloons have been spotted and what we now can sub subsequently assess to be Chinese balloons operating over at least five continents in regions like Latin America, South America, uh, Southeast Asia, uh, East Asia, and Europe. Uh, again, it demonstrates why for the Department of Defense that China remains the pacing challenge and something that we'll continue to stay focused on. Thank you. Jennifer. Well, here is, uh, of course, the other part of that conference. Uh, Jennifer Griffin, uh, who worked with, uh, incidentally, I've done some research for the years at Fox and, and submitted reports when I when I used to do uh, reporting out of the Philippines for the Fox News Channel. Now, what these guys aren't mentioning are specifics. So they're talking about a balloon that came over Hawaii sometime in July. Well, there was also a balloon that flew over the Philippines that was launched primarily from the South China Sea. 
and uh, these were balloons that were the came out of uh, those occupied reefs and islets that international courts have said China has done illegally, building up these islands off of the coast of the Philippine province of Palau and in the, you know, uh, some some Vietnamese coastal areas as well, where they just got into these reefs and, and built these facilities. And the Chinese claim that they're using these facilities to release weather balloons. Well, these weather balloons uh, turn out to be not just for weather, but they're specifically designed to launch these surveillance devices that, that are going out there and are being used uh, to track the U.S. Pacific fleet and specifically targeting American submarines. And uh, their, their purpose there is, is to monitor the uh, uh, low transmission capabilities or the, or the bounce transmission capabilities that are used by the United States Navy and what are known as low-frequency harmonic transmissions through the earth. Hey, I'm not giving away state secrets here. This is something that you can find on the internet. Okay, it's been on Discovery Channel. It's been on the History Channel. It's been on all these things. So basically what the United States Navy does is in order to be able to communicate without the use of satellites to a submerged submarine, they have the means of being able to, through the lower levels of the uh, uh, Earth's crust, transmit signals. Anyway... Let's go first, quickly, to uh, find out more in this uh, question that was posed by Jennifer Griffin on a separate topic. I'm Mike of New York. Uh, do these Chinese surveillance balloons somehow explain the UAP, some of the un- unidentified aerial phenomena that were reported in that report to Congress. Have you gone back to look and are some of those UAP incidents perhaps those Chinese surveillance balloons? And also, uh, did you start tracking this balloon when it left China on July 21st? Were you tracking it all the way over the Pacific Ocean or did you just start tracking it when it got close to Alaska? Yeah, thanks, Jennifer. So, so your first question, that, that's really a question best addressed by the Director of National Intelligence uh, that puts that report together. I will say, broadly speaking, that when it comes to um, our assessment of objects in in, in air uh, and space, um, you know that that's going to always be ongoing work, right? So, anytime there's something that's unidentified, uh, by default, we will track that information, and when new information can become available that we can apply, uh, certainly we're going to do that. Uh, but to answer your direct question, the DNI would be the, the best folks to address that that portion. Uh, in terms of when we started tracking this, again, I'm, I'm not going to get into those kinds of specifics other than to say uh, we did see it approaching U.S. airspace. Uh, NORAD, NORTHCOM tracked it for the duration. Again, as it entered U.S. airspace, NORAD determined that it did not pose a physical or military threat and in accordance with their procedures, monitor it monitored it. When it did come over the continental United States, uh, we began to develop options on how to take it down and address this threat, uh, with the idea being that we wanted to wait until it was over water so that we could uh, mitigate any potential civilian harm or property damage. Uh, And importantly, as I highlighted, use this as an opportunity to, again, better understand the Chinese surveillance balloon program uh, and apply that information to increase our ability to track these kinds of objects. Chinese balloon, the last surveillance balloon that went down near Hawaii went down. There are reports that it was four months ago, and there's another report that it was 
in June? When did it go down? Yeah, I've seen those press reports. Again, I'm not going to have any information to provide on the previous balloon flights uh, that, that were out there. But again, appreciate your understanding on that. Dan. Thank you. Could you just, in layman's terms, explain why there has been this, uh, what the general called awareness gaps, why the U.S. was not able to detect these kinds of balloons previously? And then, given that, is there a, a kind of intelligence failure here? Is there, did the military and the intelligence somehow fail to understand or grasp this threat? Or is it a failure of imagination? And how is that being addressed? Yeah, thanks, Dan. So, so to answer your uh, last question there right up front, no, it was not an intelligence failure. Um, you know, as we learn more about this type of capability, and, and really what General Van Herc was referring to was previously uh, having a domain awareness gap, uh, but we've learned a lot about these balloons, and we've learned a lot how to track them as evidenced by the fact that, again, we were tracking it as it approached U.S. airspace. Uh, and so we're confident that what we've learned about this program enables us to, uh, to be able to monitor and be on the lookout for these kinds of capabilities. When you think about the wide array of, of activities that we monitor globally, uh, but most importantly, when it comes to defense of the homeland along our coasts and our skies, um, by being able to identify the characteristics of things like this uh, or other potential threats, it all gets put into uh, a broader um, library, so to speak, of information that our analysts can monitor, track, and, and detect, and then uh, respond appropriately. So when we look at the situation with the uh, surveillance balloon, as it is called, by the United States Defense Department, and uh, its spokesman today had a uh, press briefing on the uh, balloons and what are flying around. As it gets close to Valentine's Day, you wonder why they're so worried about all this latex flying around the air, huh? Yeah, it could ruin the supplies. But these balloons are nothing new. They're things that actually we in the United States of America, our military, has done for years. In fact, it was back in the 1950s, prior to the U-2 program, that the USA started using these surveillance balloons. Now, obviously, there's a lot of issues when it comes to, you know, overflight of other countries. Uh, the USA follows a policy of open skies to some extent, and in fact has sought that since, uh, um, well, you know, Ike Eisenhower, President Eisenhower sought that years and years and years ago to be able to allow for countries to be able to overfly other countries and just make sure that there's no threat against them. Unfortunately, not every country seems to agree and things get shot down. Well, that's just what happened with the United States of America. And let's not forget that these overflights, spy planes, spy balloons, uh, observation uh, equipment, satellites, and everything uh, have long been around. The first balloons used for observation in warfare or strategically in battle have dated back to as far as the uh, oh, 1800s when, uh, you know, uh, the French and uh, Prussian armies fighting uh, used balloons to observe on each other. Uh, there were incidents where, in fact, uh, during the independence of Italy, the Venetians uh, were subdued by the Austrians through the use of balloons that were dropping uh, incendiary devices or bombs 
it was, in fact, it was one of the first airstrikes in history was, was launched from hot air balloons. And they used these balloons to do that. The Chinese have used a kind of hot air balloon wherein it's a candle on a wax paper design that they would let fly into the air and uh, let it land, though not where, and often would cause forest fires in some places. But uh, they had these balloons that, that they would uh, launch into the air, uh, you know, with messages for the spirits or whatever. And uh, the balloons were designed to burn up in flight so that at a certain point they would catch fire, they would burn up, and the messages would go off into the heavens. Uh, but in reality, a lot of those balloons uh, or those uh, lamps would uh, get released and fall into the bay or fall into the uh, you know, forest or, or wherever or onto homes in many cases in places like Japan and uh, China. And uh, the practice is frowned upon now, uh, but it still happens every now and then. People launch these uh, these balloons with the little candles, and uh, well, it, it, it does does have a problem. However, China is best known, of course, for its DJI drones. So the technology is there for China to be able to use these balloons and observe different things, different places, and the technology is something that they've been using very clearly. So let's go to a Defense Department briefing by the Undersecretary of Defense. And uh, this is DOD Undersecretary Pat Ryder, uh, who is holding a press uh, briefing. They they must come down here as Secretary, Uh, you know, but he's actually not the, uh, he's he's, he's the the press secretary of the Pentagon, you know, uh, Pentagon spokesman. And this is what he is saying on this particular topic. We're going to put in a little bit from him as he answers questions on the balloon that were addressed to him during the press conference. First is a question from uh, the Associated Press. Let's listen to this. Hawaii went down. There are reports that it was four months ago, and there's another report that it was in June. When did it go down? Yeah, I've seen those press reports. Again, I'm not going to have any information to provide on the previous balloon flights uh, that, that were out there. But again, appreciate your understanding on that. Dan. Thank you. Could you just, in layman's terms, explain why there has been this, uh, what the general called awareness gaps, why the U.S. was not able to detect these kinds of balloons previously? And then, given that, is there a a kind of intelligence failure here? Is there, did the military and the intelligence somehow fail to understand or grasp this threat, or is it a failure of imagination, and how is that being addressed? Yeah, thanks, Dan. So, so to answer your this last question there right up front. No, it was not an intelligence failure. Um, you know, as we learn more about this type of capability, and, and really what General Van Herc was referring to was previously uh, having a domain awareness gap, uh, but we've learned a lot about these balloons, and we've learned a lot how to track them as evidenced by the fact that, again, we were tracking it as it approached U.S. airspace. Uh, and so we're confident that what we've learned about this program enables us to, uh, to be able to monitor and be on the lookout for these kinds of capabilities. When you think about the wide array of, of activities that we monitor globally, uh, but most importantly when it comes to defense of the homeland along our coasts and our skies, um, by being able to identify the characteristics of things like this uh, or other potential threats, it all gets put into uh, a broader um, library, so to speak, of information that our analysts can monitor, track, and and 
detect and then appro- uh, respond appropriately. And then in terms of this global program, are the balloons that are spotted elsewhere in the world essentially similar to the one that was flying across the U.S.? And is there reason to believe that those balloons were flying near or over U.S. military bases abroad in those countries? Yeah, so uh, beyond the fact that they are, they, they share the common characteristic of being uh, surveillance balloons, right, intelligence collection uh assets that the PRC is employing. Uh, the only other thing I'd say is that we do know there's variation in the, the various uh, sizes uh, and capabilities of the balloon. But beyond that, I'm, I'm not going to go into specifics. Um, in, in other words, um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. In terms of what they're monitoring, uh, and what their flight paths are going to be, I'm, I'm not going to go into that level of information. Uh, but needless to say, again, uh, it, it, calls into question why China, uh, the PRC, feel that it's okay to violate sovereign airspace of nations uh, in a way that is um, inappropriate and unacceptable. So combining this capability with the other intelligence uh, assets that they have at their disposal. Uh, So again, as I highlighted earlier, this just demonstrates uh, why the PRC continues to remain our pacing challenge. And I think that they have a lot of explaining to do when it comes to uh, conducting these types of programs and violating uh, nations' uh, airspace and sovereignty. Thank you.